1: Last year, I heard through friends the story of Alice Johnson. I was deeply moved. In 1997, Alice was sentenced to life in prison as a first-time nonviolent drug offender. Over the next 22 years, she became a prison minister. Inspiring others to choose a better path. She had a big impact on that prison population and far beyond.
0: In, intrepid researcher Positive Sean has uh, come up with who those friends were who advised the president. I do believe it was Kim Kardashian. Yeah, right. Remember when she yeah. went to the White
2: House and talked about this? So yeah. that was a great moment during the speech. And that woman stands up and everybody cheers and applause. And she's got tears in her eyes and everything like that, and then he points out this other guy that was in prison, too, and uh similar sort of story. Mm-hmm. And I just saw Charles Payne on CNN. Do you know who he is? He's a commentator. I like him. Big black guy. The reason I mention he's black one well, the reason I mention he's big is because he's the biggest guy you ever see on TV. Wow. He could, he could be an NFL lineman, but the reason I mention he's black is you just don't see very many black conservative commentators. Mm. I mean, it's Really stands out. It's as rare as
0: Indian law professors at Harvard. But Char- more on that in a second. More on Elizabeth Warren. But come. Charles
2: Payne said, and it's true: if Barack Obama had given that exact same portion of the speech and had that woman who was a minister in prison and that guy and everything like that. All the commentators afterwards on all the cable news channels would have had a tear streaming down their face. Right. And gone on for hours about what an amazing moment this is in our history. Mm-hmm. But as Trump has got, it got no mention mm-hmm. or, a, or a grudging, that was nice. Right. And, that, and then on you go. Oh, okay. I just, I like to know what I'm dealing with. It's pretty clear what we're
0: dealing with with your CNNs and your MSNBCs and your, and your alphabet networks, too, and your big newspapers. They are what they are. Just recognize what they are.
2: Um, I look at, looking up at the TV Good Morning America's going big with the Elizabeth Warren story that they uncovered some piece of paper with with her own handwriting it would appear where it's she a claimed,
0: registration for the State
2: Bar of Texas where she claimed she was a Native American
0: Yep race American Indian And all the identity politics stuff I think is is is, is she in just large states, measure silly anyway She
2: just states flat out she's an American Indian on Yes. That? That's oh her my race.
0: God, she indicated okay, she that's was just crazy. She indicated she was a Cherokee in an Oklahoma cookbook called Pow Wow Chow in 1984. Listed herself as a minority in the Association of American Law Schools Directory of Faculty from 86 to 95. Uh, after she moved to Harvard Law in 96, an article in the student-run Harvard Crimson apparently indicated that faculty members and administrators still believe Warren was Native American. Um, quote. Although the conventional wisdom among students and faculty is that the law school faculty includes no minority women, uh, blah, 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 the article stated Elizabeth Warren is Native American. Well, it's it's crazy on both ends. One, University of Pennsylvania in 05 considered Warren among its uh, minority faculty members. Yeah,
2: it's crazy on both ends because on one side, you can claim it. Anybody can claim it. I don't know why more of us don't. I don't know why I haven't. And then on the other side, they accept it. Well, because it would be
0: incredibly offensive to start grilling you, or, or for instance, checking your blood to see if you've got some black blood in you, like you're a Klansman.
2: That's why I don't know why I've never had the cojones, for instance, when I'm applying for a home loan or something, to not say I'm American Indian. Right? They're not going to ask me. That's the one you You don't look American Indian.
0: Well, right. You can't. Okay, I'll say I'm Hispanic. Whatever. There you go. Bingo. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about Hispanic. You
2: don't look Hispanic. Oh, I don't look Hispanic because I didn't wear a sombrero in here. I didn't ride in a borough, so I'm not Hispanic. I want the manager. That's what you do. Oh, please. That
0: was really well done. We're so sorry, sir. We're so. I'm sorry, senor. We're so sorry. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this, and Hispanic is the perfect example of it because I did the 23 and me thing, and it's fun, and I'm glad I did it, and it was kind of cool, and uh turns out both my wife and I are just, just paper white um and and like northern european british isles just uh, uh, to to an astounding degree but like everybody on earth virtually i got just a teeny
2: tiny little bit
0: of, uh, you know, the uh, the Iberian Peninsula, the Spain, Portugal, that part of Europe. I mean, somewhere there's some Spaniard snuck into Hen House uh, 275 years ago or something. A tiny bit of my DNA appears to come from that part of Europe. To be from Spain is to be Hispanic. Same as Guatemala or Mexico or Venezuela, for that matter, as there are millions of refugees stream all over the hemisphere. The idea that somebody like me could legitimately claim to be, quote-unquote, Hispanic and then get to wear the mantle of victimhood and nobility and get an extra say in this or that or have to be respected, it's just, it's dumb. It's absolutely dumb. And identity politics is dumb and you ought to cut it out. Yeah, I have- That's not to say, again, the inevitable disclaimer. That there's no racism, and racism is an issue, and there aren't racial issues.
2: Of course there are. I had a friend who was a full-on one-quarter Cherokee. Grandfather was full-on, lived on the reservation Cherokee. Mm -hmm. But she'd never met the guy. He was out of the family picture. She never met him. Her mom barely knew him. He just was not in the family picture. Mm -hmm. And they, they had no relationship to Indian lifestyle, Native American, this or that. But she was fully on one quarter, which will definitely get you something. Yeah. Um, in fact, there are some places where if she <laughs> wanted to, she legally could hunt in a national park without a permit. And she did? <laughs> because because it was your land first. So oh,
0: come on. You walk down the middle of the crowded road in Yosemite and just, just take out a moose. Kids are enjoying that to... grizzly bear. You just <laughs> shoot it right in front of them. Exactly. And skin it.
2: Yeah, but yeah. never took advantage of it because it just seemed odd to her because she you know, never met the guy or anything like that. It's but that's she's one principle. That's one quarter. Yeah, you get down to the one one thousandth or whatever Elizabeth Warren's talking about. Remember when she did that DNA test? Her reaction was, "Well, that's hardly any." No, her reaction was, "There it is. It proves it." Right. Yeah. Come on.
0: And again, I I don't care. I'm just amused by the whole thing. But I'm telling you to throw on the the uh, headdress. Of American Indianhood, of Native Americanhood, to get your career ahead, she's done. She's absolutely done. So,
2: I wish I'd have watched Brian Williams longer last night. I turned it off too soon. Apparently, he got AOC on live. After the State of the Union address, and she uh, she went on quite a, a, a rant about the speech. She didn't like it much, which is not surprising. And she no. gets to not like it, and her constituency uh, hates it, and and uh, that's good. That's fine. Yeah, she's got a job and she's doing it. If you didn't hear the socialism bit, we should play that again because that that was the biggest applause line of the night which is both heartening and disheartening. It's disheartening that a president needs to say it to tall. CBS News. 56%
0: believe the speech will do more to unite the country than divide it. 36% said not a lot of difference, probably. Only 8% found the speech divisive. Take a look at some of your favorite mainstream media outlets during the commercials, then meet us back on the other side.
2: See if they agree, or if they represent pretty much the 8%.
1: organized caravans are on the march to the United States. We have just heard that Mexican cities, in order to remove the illegal immigrants from their communities, are getting trucks and buses to bring them up to our country in areas where there is little border protection. I have ordered another 3,750 troops to our southern border, to prepare for this tremendous onslaught.
2: So there was some grumbling there in the crowd as soon as the president mentioned the caravans and uh, watching some of the punditry afterwards. A lot of, you know, made-up caravan talk. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of
0: eye-rolling among the white-clad uh, Democrats in the crowd last night
2: let 's check in and see what's going on
0: at the border sure yeah Clayton neville uh, I'm sorry Clayton Neville joins us, Westwood, one news correspondent, actually reporting from uh from Dallas, I guess, but has spent some time along the border. Clayton, welcome a whole bunch of central Americans, huh
3: yeah, that's right, in fact, about eighty percent of this current caravan that is just outside of Eagle Pass Texas are from Honduras, so mainly Central Americans. There's anywhere between 1,700 and 2,000 migrants right now in the city of Piedras Negras, which is just west of Eagle Pass, Texas. Now, geographically, it's between Brownsville, which is the southern tip of Texas, and El Paso. That's a large span, but to give you an idea, it's in the southwest portion of the state of Texas, right there on the Texas-Mexico border. So, according to local officials there, what we're dealing with as of today, and this all started on Sunday... Anywhere between 1,700 and 2,000 migrants, mostly from Central America, that are awaiting to seek asylum into the United States.
0: Okay, so they the plan, as far as we can tell, is to enter at a port of entry and then fill out the paperwork as opposed to rushing the border, that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, no rushes of the border. However, we have heard from federal authorities that there have been several arrests since Sunday of people trying to cross illegally, not by any means an influx. They didn't give specific numbers, but they did say several and a few. Those are a couple of the reports that I've heard. Uh, This is an area where there aren't a whole lot of ports of entry. In fact, there's not much fencing in that general area either, um, or barriers or whatever you want to call them. Um, So there is a wide area that you can come across illegally. And so that's where a lot of the concern is coming from local, state, and federal officials in this particular area. You heard the president say it there in the clip. They're sending more troops down that way. The state of Texas has sent several hundred of their own DPS, Department of Public Safety officials, down that way as well. I spoke with the mayor of Eagle Pass, Texas, yesterday. Uh, They're assuring the community that they are safe because of the high number of federal and local authorities that are on top of this. Uh, These 1,700 people or a little more were dropped off by the busload in that area in Mexico on Sunday. Forty nine buses, to be exact. Wow, dropped off nearly two thousand migrants uh, just outside of Eagle Pass.
2: How long a bus ride is that from the Honduras to the to the Texas border?
3: No, that's uh, thousands and thousands of miles. Right. But we don't we don't know the specific. Fifty buses traveling a couple thousand miles at
0: least that's in some part. Time. They I think that was like to complete the
2: journey. So did they walk the yeah. first? That, how do you walk that far?
0: They, they used, you know, a hundred different ways to get as far as they did. And then the Mexican government said, all right, we need you to move along and furnish all those buses, from what I understand. Wow.
3: Yeah, that's right. We're not exactly clear as to where those buses came directly from, you know, when they dropped them off, where they are now. Uh, but yeah, they didn't make the whole trek by bus. You know, they they take, like you said, various different methods. Uh, okay, that's fine
0: then. We're all, we're agreed on that. Let me jump in and ask about the second larger caravan of several thousand migrants uh, organizing. What's the story on that?
3: Those are the reports, yeah, that there's several thousand more. The second one is supposed to be bigger than the first one, and reportedly it's coming up into the same general area as well. Will it go to Piedra Negros, which is the same spot where these migrants are now? That's unclear, but we believe they're headed up in that general direction. And if that's the case, what's nearly 2,000 now could be closer to 5,000 here in what's believed to be two, maybe three or four weeks. Uh, So that has a lot of local folks in Eagle Pass and surrounding areas a little bit on edge and somewhat concerned. Clayton
0: Neville of Westwood One News. Clayton, thanks very much for the report. Thanks. I tell you who else is uh, highly uncomfortable with these reports is the Mexican government. As we saw in Tijuana, they want nothing to do with thousands of Central Americans desperate to get into El Norte uh, because they don't know what to do with them. And they're so used to uh, us just kind of turning a blind eye. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When these people stop in Mexico, it's an enormous burden.
2: Well, and Tijuana is a pretty big city and couldn't absorb all these people. These are small towns i'm uh I've traveled to all these these border towns i I like Texas, I like Mexico. I've done a lot of I've been to Juarez and Eagle Pass and all these places. um but these are smaller towns. You get a couple of thousand people hanging out in one of these smaller oh, towns please. and and they're not going back. you're not going back two thousand miles. Uh, You couldn't afford to, you couldn't get there. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're there unless they can get into the United States. So you got that problem. You said, are they rushing the border? Well, we don't know what their intentions are. They haven't rushed the border yet. Right. But that stretch of the border is just, you stand in, you stand in Eagles Pass, Texas, and it's nothing as far as you can Mm -hmm. see. Yeah. Who, who's coming across at night? I don't know. You don't know.
0: Listen, I say this not as a partisan or to make a political point, just because it seems obvious to me. Letting people in as they apply for asylum, is now untenable. They're coming in the waves of thousands at a time now. And so it's pretty clear you got to have like a, I don't know, some sort of covered walkway. They walk into the office, they fill out the paperwork, then they walk out of the office and back across the border. Otherwise, you have no system because they'll just vanish. Um, So having said that, you've got a situation where now they're going to be in the thousands sitting there in these tiny towns in Mexico on the border. And that's just a recipe for chaos and crime and rapine and horrors and starvation and disease, as we saw in in Tijuana. And it's just so frustrating. If you're a normal human being and not like a hardcore partisan hack, um, it's just astounding that that the R's and the D's can't recognize the straits
2: we're in and get together and work something out. How about on the speech last night? So as soon as the word caravan, can you play the first part of that clip again, Sean? that we opened with just the first part.
1: As we speak, large, organized caravans are on the march to the United States. We have just and heard... The no, and the grumbling, and the grumbling, and the eye-rolling. Yeah.
2: The caravan, oh God, here he goes with the caravan again. They it they exist. It's just a thing. Now maybe you don't like his policy toward it. Maybe maybe you you think it's overstated the threat. America doesn't agree with you. Seventy
0: two percent approval on what you heard about immigration in the speech last night. Seventy
2: two to twenty eight. The caravans exist. One and politically, you're on the wrong side of it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a winning issue for him. So you need to figure out a way to get. I don't know what you would want out of it if you're on the other side. But the DACA
0: can't... stuff, path
2: to citizenship, but all you, of that. But you Liberalized uh, um, uh, refugee rules. Fine. But you, you, going with the, the caravans are made up is not going to work. With 50 busloads of people showing up. Right. What's coming up in your news, Marshall?
4: Al well, Trump's State of the Union, some more highlights, including a statement that puzzled a lot of people. Eh, got another black eye for the Catholic Church. And IKEA's bold move aimed directly at millennials. Coming up,
2: you don't like this Van Morrison song? I don't like you. This is a good song right here. Huh? It's put it's put some musical face on the caravans. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Squatty little Irishman representing those caravans. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. at this Washington Post version of the Elizabeth Warren story is there's now solid evidence in her own handwriting of her claiming she's an American Indian at one point in her life. Right. Uh, Warren will be vying to lead a party that has become far more mindful of non-white voters and their objections to misuse of their culture. Yeah, you can't make cultural appropriation a thing and then pick a candidate who is appropriating someone's culture. Yep. <laughs> I mean, literally appropriating their culture. No, she
0: has run afoul of the uh, very most hot buttons of her people.
2: I think he might be right. She, 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 she may done. just be done. Forget it. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President
4: Trump delivering his State of the Union last night, calling for cooperation and compromise and a rejection of revenge, resistance, and retribution in an appeal for bipartisanship during that speech. He also went on to add...
1: An economic miracle is taking place in the United States... And the only thing that can stop it are foolish wars, politics, or ridiculous partisan investigations. If there is going to be peace and legislation, there cannot be war and investigation it just doesn't work that way
2: now you wrote that in a rhyming way right so it would stick or stand out or something uh, i yes, assume yeah 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 i don't i was surprised I'm not you sure went there sure
0: that's an argument exactly this is going to sway a lot of people but
2: well they saw it as a threat on msnbc oh that's ridiculous i'll sign no legislation <laughs> until the investigation's over i think it was worth saying well and the
0: proof is uh, the democrats went on howling about the Benghazi investigation, for instance, uh, the Hillary email investigation, uh, went on and on and on about it. He's invest- they're going on too long, oh, still with the investigations? It's obviously a, a, a technique, a strategy to try to portray them as illegitimate and counterproductive. So it's, his, it's, it's uh, Trump's turn.
2: So many of the people that want Trump's job looked extra disgusted by the speech. I'm trying to figure out if that's a good move politically. Since 75% approval rating for the speech in the CNN-CBS poll. 75% approval rating. Mm. You could make the argument that looking like you hated it doesn't fit, but I suppose you're just trying to appeal to the core.
0: That 25% is your electorate in the primaries.
2: Who are going to choose a candidate. The
0: 25% who hated it. Because
2: Kamala Harris kept whispering to people, what about this crap here? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, can you believe this crap? And then Gillibrand actually... Tweeted out a video of her rolling her eyes and said, do you agree with me? Send $5 and then her
4: her web address. Yay! Send $5 because I rolled my eyes during the speech. (laughs) You know, might work. During the course of the speech, Trump also hit hard at illegal immigration, calling it an urgent national crisis. Trump vowing to get a border wall built, saying, walls work, walls save lives going on to say that tolerating illegal immigration is immoral and cruel, and then looking out at the legislators in the room... In the past, most of the people in this room voted for a wall.
1: But the proper wall never got built. I will get it built.
2: was uncomfortable that that pulls very well the immigration yeah. stuff um as we've mentioned throughout the morning mm-hmm. um but i was pretty uncomfortable with the uh here's here's family members of a, a family that a horrifying crime i mean murder and mayhem a couple just, of weeks ago just yeah. a couple of weeks ago and there you are in the crowd and we're standing and applauding and it just that that feel, felt weird does the
0: grandchildren cry
2: yeah that just yeah that know.
0: was I, yeah that was too much for me honestly
2: I don't mind him bringing that up, I guess, in the speech. Having them there, I don't think that was good for them. I hate to sound so paternal, but I'm not sure that was good for them. It's just Mm -hmm. that's a weird dynamic.
4: The Democratic response was delivered by Stacey Abrams. She narrowly lost the Georgia governor's race in November, considered, though, to be a rising star in the Democratic Party. Abrams also addressing the border issue, saying, We know bipartisanship could craft a 21st century immigration plan but this administration chooses to cage children and tear families apart. Compassionate treatment at the border is not the same as open borders. President Reagan understood this. President Obama understood this. Americans understand this. And Democrats stand ready to effectively secure our ports and borders.
0: But we must all embrace
4: that from agriculture to healthcare to entrepreneurship, America is made stronger by the presence of immigrants, not walls.
2: Joe, a white male, thinks he can tell a black woman when she should stop talking. Oh, boy. Thanks for that. Uh, Yeah, that was some fine, uh, fine
0: rhetoric for her fans and those who would tend to accept that sort of thing. Okay, so if you stop, and I quote, putting children in cages, where does that leave us? And if you accept that immigrants free range children. Right, exactly. All right. Free to run around and lay eggs. No, great, all right. No more cages. And some of those quote unquote cages were specifically to protect the children, otherwise you would have had them in an open facility with hundreds of adults, which is a bad idea. Um, So where does that leave us now? What do you think about uh, physical barriers? What do you think about uh, the visa system? What do you think about the refugee system? It's just empty rhetoric. And we we need to recognize that immigrants play an important role in agriculture and blah, 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 blah. The president of the United States just said he wants more legal immigration
2: than we've ever had before. So what's your point? Yeah, I would have thought that would have uh, immunized him too much criticism, the I want more legal immigration than we've ever had, which right. a lot of people on the right did not like that. That was an ad lib. That was not in the text. Mm. He either was overriding his, his, his team and didn't want to tell him out loud or on the spur of the moment threw that in, but that was not part of his speech. As it was released to everybody, to say we're going to have more legal immigration than we've ever had before.
0: But again, he has golf courses to run, so he needs people.
2: On the main, Stace, Stacey Abrams had a win. She avoided any yep. disaster. It didn't look weird. There was no strange things. There are no memes coming out of it. She, she didn't identify herself as the wrong political party. Like it was, <laughs> yeah, it was
0: yeah, really right. good. Yeah. To right. not lose is to win in that role, yeah. and, and she didn't lose. There,
4: there you go. That is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show: The Conscience of the Nation.
2: But then Bernie gave a speech also, which I don't know that anybody is aware of. And and uh, Kamala Harris did a pre-State of the Union rebuttal, which I didn't she hear. She did a rebuttal, yeah. a rebuttal, <laughs> which yeah. I did not hear a word about. Um, she got a fair amount of TV coverage. Kamala Harris and eye look, rolling and yeah. gasping and
0: shaking her head no.
2: Um, I noticed Ruth Bader Ginsburg was
4: not among the Supreme Court justices. No, injustices. only four. Only oh, yeah, four I was gonna gonna say showed that, up. Yeah, there were only a handful.
2: Yeah, yeah. Is that a new thing?
4: Well, it started a couple years ago. Uh, Scalia, at one point, said, "This is just political theater. This is not even worth coming attending." Right, and that, and right. so that sort of snowballed. So you only had four.
2: Do you know who the uh, in a bunker guy was last night? Yeah, Rick Perry, the the Department of Energy. Oh, the designated survivor oh, right. guy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. designated survivor was uh, what is it? Department of uh, Energy? Exactly. No, no, I said Energy. Yeah. Yeah. Department of Energy? No. That Rick Perry. Uh,
0: education. Uh, oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. he was sitting there thinking, "Oh Lord, please don't uh, send a catastrophe that kills everybody in the Congress." Uh, but if you're ever going to do it tonight, be all right. <laughs> that's
2: that's yeah. a heck of a. Tradition that we have. Yep. Yep. In case the entire government is decapitated, we've got this person over here in a bunker. Rick Perry in reserve. I mean, if something (laughs) happened to him, it was me. I was the I was the next one. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. We haven't hit you with the uh, the poll numbers behind the poll numbers on this speech. Um, I don't think you could do any better. It will be lost to history by tomorrow. But you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The conscience of the nation.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show. See
2: me my soul, sleep the What's the, the montage, the edited montage? I like it good a good montage. Sean, that's one the, the State of the Union is strong. Does he just say that a whole bunch of times? Is that what the montage is? Let's hear a little of that. i always liked montages. Where is that one? Six. So too six. Some people plan this After ahead.
1: 24 months of rapid progress, our economy is the envy of the world. Our military is the most powerful on earth by far, and America, America is again winning each and every day. Members of Congress, the state of our union is strong.
2: you could have added to that the chunk of the speech where he talked about unemployment is the lowest it's ever been for all these different groups, various numbers, and everything like that. I mean, it's it's hard to argue with some of that stuff. You you can argue about whether or not he should get credit for those things. You mm-hmm. know, econ- economists could get together and argue about that. Sure, but you'd think you'd cheer them all. <laughs> you'd think you'd think everyone would agree it's a good thing that unemployments for blacks is the lowest it's ever been. Right. I
0: mean, and-, and unemployment for handicapped people. The the white-shirted ones sat there looking stone-faced and angry. Eh, I wish those damn handicapped people were at home where they belong. Are you against that? Well, I don't think no. That's you it. just can't give the other guy credit. And my favorite one, favorite, it was horrifying that I tweeted out. He mentioned that how many child rapists they'd arrested and how many uh, sex traffickers they'd arrested and that sort of thing. And all the women, the brave women's rights women sat there on their hands. I'm not applauding that because it was Trump. It just goes to show you how stupid partisanship
2: is. Yeah, and it's always been that way. As long as I've been watching the State of the Union address, the the things people sit and stand for always has amused me. Um, But we got a text from someone who said I was just watching NBC News and they were talking about the president's divisive speech. Well, how wow. divisive was it based on these poll numbers?
0: Wow. Yeah, we can get uh, right to that um, if you like. Uh, well, you, if looking you,
2: ahead, this, yes? Well, if you just start with 75% approved of it yeah. on CBS and uh, and CNN, 75% approval. That's not very divisive. 8%
0: of people who watched the speech, according to a CBS News poll, 8% thought it would do more to divide the country. Okay, 8%, less than 1 in 10, found it, quote,
2: Divisive. 90% of the non-Fox pundits I watched last night thought it was divisive. Right. 8% of the country thought it was divisive.
0: That tells you everything you need to know about pundits, about uh, TV, network TV, cable TV, uh, newspaper editorial boards. That's all you have to know about. You'd think there'd be an effort to be a little more balanced than that. It'd get you thrown out of their cocktail parties and their private school gatherings and and the rest of it.
2: What's her name? Jill Abramson, former editor of the New York Times. And a lefty. Uh, Jill Abramson. Full-on progressive lefty her whole life. Fine. But she says that the New York Times has lost its mind and they now let their Trump hatred get into their actual news pieces. And she said when she was there that the younger crowd, because she was worried about the deteriorating of journalistic standards mm-hmm. the idea that you've got to you can't run with a you can't run with the story if all you have is anonymous stories sources or you haven't been able to corroborate the evidence with at least two people or something like that.
0: whatever you old bag
2: and she said the young people feel like no trump is so bad and so dangerous we need to throw out those rules right jill abramson you should be who,
1: ashamed of yourselves <laughs> who i guarantee you hates trump right. thinks
2: that's crazy yeah yeah, And so, so, there you go, 90% of the non-Fox pundits think it was a divisive speech, 8% of America.
0: Literally, 92% of people watching the speech thought it would either help unite the country or not change things. Is 56% said unite the country. So if you're going to look at it, unite versus divide, uh, let's see, 6 times 8 is 4. Oh, exactly, 7 times as many people watching the speech thought it was unitesive, as divisive, seven times as many. And everywhere you look, it's, you know, by the pundits, called a divisive speech. End of lesson. Let's I tell you what, let's take the rest of the class period off, go outside and play Frisbee in the quad.
2: You know, we, we talked to Lonnie Chen earlier. We love him as a pundit. He's fantastic. Uh, but he said a lot of it is your expectations. So maybe if you went in with him expecting to be divisive, it sure. seemed extra... Funny thing with expectations. My son wanted to rewatch the Super Bowl halftime show. We watched the Super Bowl halftime show, and with zero expectations, because now the Super Bowl's over and I'm not thinking about it all, just throwing Mm -hmm. it on, it was definitely perfectly okay. Sure. I mean, there's no reason to say that was the most boring halftime show of all time. It was just absolutely perfectly fine if you like that kind of music. Sure. Hating stuff is very hot. Very uh,
0: snarky, very young. Yeah, people like to hate on stuff. I, I'm kind of over hating on the Super Bowl halftime show. Right, I did. It's it's like hating on a cheese
2: sandwich. It's it's bread and it's cheese, maybe a little mayo. It's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. But I didn't really bring it up to to relitigate the halftime show and Adam Levine's abs, but just the expectations. I've never watched a State of the Union address again like a week later with zero expectations. I wonder how it looks and sounds then. Mm. I bet it's a lot different. Yeah. I bet the polling would be different. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. We're a lonely voice, Jack, you and me.
2: Lonely. It doesn't matter, by the way, the State of the Union address.
0: Oh, it does. There's where you're wrong. No,
2: is it? Now you're the lonely voice.
0: <laughs> I'm, am I am joined the crowd. Yeah, We'll see just, how many people
2: are discussing this a week from now.
0: Just because right now we're getting into the... Uh, a border security discussion and the specter of another, a shutdown. The negotiators are now at the table and the president's got the rosy glow from the. So too, that's fairly common. If it had to be in a week and a half, I think you'd probably be right. I think this one might have an unusual effect. Chuck and Nancy, I promise you, I promise you are looking at the CBS news poll and the CNN news poll, whose numbers were almost identical. It was quite striking, actually. Um, over well, we we mentioned the uniting dividing thing, which is in stark, astounding contrast with the conventional wisdom. The ideas you heard on immigration, in favor of them, seventy two percent oppose them, twenty eight percent. They have to see those polls. I think it'll have an effect, if only because of the timing.
2: Chris Wallace on Fox last night was talking about how it was. Uh, he felt like the speech had more legs in terms of the opening of the twenty twenty campaign for Trump's re-election. And, and laying the groundwork and everything like that. Maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But I'll tell you what, you look at that that speech and those poll results, people who hate on Trump and think it's just a given he's going to lose are so wrong.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh Are man. so wrong. Will he, The tr- uh, here you go, you don't like Trump, I'll, I'll throw you a bone. Will the president who is legendarily stubborn and, and difficult to counsel, will he get? That the self-deprecating moments, the letting his humanity show moments in the speech, were universally loved. The "Don't sit down yet," you're going to love this next part, talking to the Democrats, the gals in the white, and everything. That was funny. It was charming, and sure. then he gave them something that they really like. And is that his there self- are
2: more women in Congress than there have been since women have been allowed to vote? Praising and- that, yeah. That's come on now.
0: I tell you what, you know, he's he's new to politics. If he could embrace that part of him, which, and I mentioned this to one of our guests earlier, anybody who meets him in person says he's amazingly engaging. He is not the puffed-up, chin-out, egotistical blowhard that you know some believe he is. He's actually a very charming guy. Um, if he could let more of that out, I'm telling you, the, the, the 42 dwarfs who are running to oppose him on the Democrat side, they are up against it. Did you particularly see, of course if the economy's good
2: did you see any of the channels where they uh, they listened in after the speech when he goes down there and he walks through the the throng of people that want to get autographs or congratulate him uh, they, they had the microphones on for a long time on MSNBC and it was so sickening listening to these sycophant politician weasels oh yeah trying to get a little piece of his glory and it was all Republicans that were hanging around to talk to him but With the mics on, they're all, Mr. Greatest greatest speech I've ever heard, Mr. President. You knocked it out of the park, Mr. President. Love your speech, Mr. President. Best I've ever heard. I mean, just, oh, God. Have you no shame whatsoever? That was quite something. (laughs) No. No shame. Check it at the door. Nice job. Like the speech would be fine. You you don't have to go that far.
0: You're the new Reagan, sir. (laughs) Right, right. Interestingly enough, to delve down a little deeper, proposals for U.S. troops in the Middle East, 74% approval. Of ending the unending wars, seventy four percent. From what you've heard, is there a crisis at the southern border? Yes, seventy one percent. Seventy one percent. How does that contrast with the mainstream media? Is the uh, second Trump Kim summit a good idea? Seventy eight percent said, "Yeah, it's a good idea."
2: Who's the Trump kid that fell asleep, Sean? That was the, that was his guess. That, that was the bullied kid I that fell so, asleep. Yeah. Who, he was sound asleep during the speech. Who can blame him? How He's an was eleven he? year old boy, right? Something like that. Yeah. 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 11 year old boy who stays awake for that hour 20 is a weirdo. It's a weird 11 year old.
0: Are they're pumping him full of drugs or something <laughs> which I'm against?
2: My kids are after the announcement. ladies and gentlemen, the president, as soon as that's over my kids are out. That's the only part they like. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show.